Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we have back Joyce Smith, and she's the author of the book, The Impossible, and the book is about her son. And then we've also got her pastor on the line, Pastor Jason Noble. Pastor Jason Noble, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you for the opportunity. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. And Joyce, what about you? How are you tonight? I'm doing great. Getting ready for the Christmas season. Love this time of year. Well, praise God. I do want to mention that uh, episode 69 is the one we did before the book was released November 7th. You know, if you want to hear a little more, you can always go back to that episode. But if you want to hear the whole story, go purchase the book. And then also, Joyce reminded me to say, you know, about Devon Franklin will be doing a movie that will be coming out about the book. And, and he's the, he's the uh, producer-director that did one movie was called uh, Miracles, Miracles from Heaven. Miracles from Heaven, yeah, that was with Todd and, and Colton. And then there, then the other one he did was um, Heaven, Heaven is, is for Real. Heaven is for Real. Yeah, oh, that, Heaven for Real was the one with Todd and Colton. Great movies, though. And, and I really like his uh, directing ability. I've said for years that we need movies that aren't cheesy like we've had in the past, and we're starting yep. to see it. Well, I want to start with you, Pastor Jason. First of all, I know one of the the worst jobs as a pastor is to sit beside a mom where her child has just died, and you kind of ended up in that situation, but was there hope in your heart for the situation, or what, what was going through your mind? There was definitely hope in my heart. And, you know, I kind of look at that as actually I kind of change that up. I think it's one of the uh, the best opportunities that a pastor has because they can witness a miracle. And it's tough, but there was hope. I've had hope in my heart um, many times when I've walked into a situation like that and believe that God can do miracles. And so um, never like to see a parent like that, but love to be able to walk in and say, you know what, we serve a miracle working God. Let's believe for one. Well, fantastic. There's, you know, a lot of, I have a lot of different pastors that listen to this too. And and what would you say to them as far as when they get in this type of situation that? I would encourage them that they have to, they need to believe and hold on to God's promises and God's truth and walk into that situation and pray and believe that God can do miracles. Um, And that's the time to do it. That's the time to believe. And I just, I have a firm uh, believe in my heart that God's not going to let us down. And so we can trust what his word says. And I think the more we can walk in that, the more of these kind of miracles that we're going to see. We read about it in the book of Acts all the time, you know, and in, throughout Scripture. And I believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he can definitely do what he says he can do. All right. Joyce, so since the book's been released, is there anything new going on that we need to know? 
Uh, you know, every time we encounter someone that has either heard the story or read the book, they come to us and tell us something that has happened with them or how the book has affected them or we're forever hearing new things about um, what has happened during that time, you know, from their point of view. I think one of the things I thought was really interesting, Alex Gibbons, who was the charge nurse that day, we've got to know her and she talked to us about the morning and when I came in and prayed and experienced something that she she had experienced that, and the uh, also the gentleman who was doing CPR, uh, Keith Carey, and she said that um, you know normally things that were going on that morning don't go on. They like they don't call, they don't wait till family members to get there to call time of death. They had already done everything they could possibly do to to help John, and they were at the end of that. They just you know didn't know where to go from that. And she said when I walked in the room, she said there was something different. She said that happened. She said something else walked in the room with you. And she said it just totally changed the atmosphere. And she talked about when I walked up and prayed, she said she had had her finger on John's pulse for 27 minutes and nothing. And so when I had asked the Holy Spirit to come and give me back my son, she said there was something that moved up John's body that was so powerful that it pushed her and Keith back to where they could barely stand. And she said she could barely keep her finger on John's pulse. You know, growing up during my life, I'd always heard about the Holy Spirit being like that of a rushing wind, you know, and it just kind of, you know, it solidified that, that what I had heard and to hear her say that it was just such a, it was such a gripping moment for me to hear this two years later, that that was what the, that presence that had moved up John's body was real. We also heard something very interesting with the doctors that the doctors that saw John at both hospitals were not the doctors that were supposed to be his doctors. And the way that God arranged that was just incredible. Uh, You know, things always seem to kind of line up. I I would like to say, you know, just, just after reading the book, something I really noticed is she was preparing for a miracle, basically, or preparing herself for a miracle. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what what you know as far as in your life, uh, Pastor Jason. You know, I, but I'm sure there was stuff like building up to this um, because yeah. there always is. You know, um, she talks. She talks about in uh, I think it was page 42 about Beth Moore and how they have been uh, going through Beth Moore's devotion and and reading all that right before this happened. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard the story of Margie Mayfield. She was abducted by a serial killer in 81 in San Antonio. I've got her story on our, our uh, show. God had been training her the whole time before this happened. And, and, you know, she'd been studying in this book and studying and writing all these scriptures down and everything else. So when it happened, it, it was like, you know, it all comes out. Um, also, yeah. Thurman, Thurman Scrivener, I don't know if you've heard his testimony, but, you know, his his daughter, or his wife and granddaughter, his wife and daughter were both killed in a car wreck, but the granddaughters, they were in the back seat. You know, one of them, the brain stem was completely severed, but God had been training him up, and, and the situation is a lot like 
the situation y'all went through with the hospital and everything else. But um, it, it's like you you get this training and you don't know what's going to happen, but you know God's preparing you. Yes, we've so, seen that all along. And and looking back, even hearing people, you know, the stuff that they say just goes along with what you said. You know, they they said, well, this was happening and getting us ready for this time. And it, it's just amazing how God put that together. Firefighters and the paramedics said the same thing. Oh, yeah, they had just done, uh, one of the fire departments, uh, Lake St. Louis, had just done ice, cold water ice retrieval and rescue training two days before the, uh, the thing with John. I mean, so every aspect of it, God was just setting it up. It was a tapestry they, of miracles. They probably hadn't done that training in like two years or something, you know. And what are the yeah, odds? it was a year. It was right. a year, yeah. Right. Yeah, what are the odds been a year. two days before, you know, on the same, it was the same lake, wasn't it? Uh, it was a different lake, training? but same kind of general area. Yeah, same kind of general area. Okay, because I, I know that in the yeah. book it said said something about one of them was very familiar with the terrain and all that. Well, yeah, he was familiar with it because he lived there. Right. Oh, okay. well, that makes it even better. Yeah, because then he probably knew all the good fishing places. Yes. <laughs> well, unlike where John went down. You, may, you guys may have talked about this in the other episode, but the lake is 50 feet deep in most places, and where John went down, it was 10 feet with rock. And that's the only way that they would have been able to save John is if he went down in that water. I mean, so God just had it set up from the very beginning, um, you know, didn't cause it, but had it set up. You know, reading this book reminds me, um, you know, she's a lot like the Shulamite woman, you know, where... Yeah. We've where, been told you know, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way she cried out, you know, because you remember, yes, right. you know, here, here God gives her this son, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm not, I mean, if they want to read it, they can go read it because it's in Second uh, Kings 4, 10, I believe it is. But she goes through and, and, you know, and the kid, my head, my head, and then she doesn't say anything doesn't speak any bad word, doesn't speak anything bad. You know, I just got to go see the prophet, goes to the prophet, and then it's like cries out about the same thing you did, Joyce, cried out to God, basically. And, you know, this is my son. You promised me a son. Why would you take him away? And, uh, and, you know, same thing happened. God gave her son back. But the fact is, if your heart, if you're not preparing yourself, you know, if you – like a, a life, if you're living a lifestyle, I, I, I read something in your book where you were saying about someone came up and said, well, why would God rescue or save your kid and not save my kid or my, but, but then sometimes, okay, well, how are you living your life? I mean, you can't yeah. live like a heathen every day and then all of a sudden be asking God for something. You know, you, you've got to kind of somewhere say, hey, okay. Uh, well, here's a good good example. You know, Peter, when Peter's on the rooftop and, and God brings down his sheet, all these unclean animals, and says, you know, eat. And he's like, oh, I can't, Lord. And he sends them to Cornelius' house. What is the, What did they tell Cornelius? He said, your prayers, you know, and your alms have whole. come up before me. And that's why God did that. You know, because, because Cornelius was praying and, and he was giving alms to the poor or, or to the church or whatever, but, you know, God took care of him. 
he was preparing himself, basically, is what I'm seeing. Yeah, and one of the things we talk about a lot is there's no equation for a miracle, but you can definitely get, get prepared to receive a miracle and be ready to be in that spot to receive one. And that believing, you know, one of the things that's so great about Joyce is she had a desperation. She was desperate for God to show up. There was no other options. And so many times, you know, I've heard people say, well, I've tried everything else. Now I guess all I have left to do is pray. And I say, pray first. Start there. Yeah, you know? it, it all starts That's what we prayer. need to get first. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not now, as our last option, but first. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that it seems like all the major miracles that have happened in my life have always come with fasting. But I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anybody go do it. If the Lord doesn't tell you to do it, you know, it's not, it's not a fun thing, but I'm telling you, if God tells you to do it and you obey, uh, it's, you know, it's worth it. Well, this is one of the things Jason and I have talked about is why I got back in Bible study. Our first Bible study we did with Beth Moore was the patriarchs of the faith. And the reason I wanted to, to do this one so, was so bad was because I'd always heard the phrase that Abraham was a friend of God. I wanted to know what Abraham did that made him a friend of God. What was that equation that, that made that, that God would make that statement about him? And so to get in there and just really dig in and see what, what was it about Abraham? Was he perfect? No, he, he made mistakes. But the thing about Abraham was he trusted God and he was obedient. Every time God asked him to do something, he did it. You know, he got up and left his hometown to move. He didn't know where. God told him to get up and move, and he did. And he didn't question God about it. He just did. And when, you know, it came time for him to give his only son, you know, he did it. He did it because he was obedient. And I think that sometimes we miss that. We miss out on that. We want to do all our own things. And then when we need stuff from God, then we're crying out to him. But if we are trusting him and are obedient, God's going to give us favor during that time. Well, Pastor Jason, what, what do you have on your heart that you want to share? You know, I just want to encourage people to to hold on and believe, just really believe for America, believe for miracles, believe for God to step in and to to just do incredible things, which we know He can. And I think the the more that we just really trust Him and walk in that trust and that belief. And some people say, you know, was was John healed because of faith? And I think the Bible says you either have or you don't have faith. But our belief. When we believe and we believe what God's word says and we hold on to that, um, you know, and not just for a moment, but throughout the whole time that you're in need. I mean, because if you were to look at John's situation, it was a, it was miracle after miracle after miracle. It wasn't just one miracle. If we would have given up at the beginning, I think he would have still not made it. And we held on, you know, and we live in this society where we don't like to put a lot of personal responsibility, but I think we do play a part in seeing God do a miracle. And that's our belief. That's walking through these times. That's holding on. One of the things that that we really focused on was speaking life and not letting death be spoken over John. And, And like I said, there's no equation, but that's what we're talking about when we're looking at how do you get into a position to receive a miracle is you know what, you're going to speak life over this situation. We're going to guard the peace in the room. You know, we're going to, we're going to do all that we know what to do in the power of the Holy Spirit 
to partner with God and see a miracle happen. And I think if we can hold on to those truths, you know, just because you don't see God do uh, the whole miracle all at once doesn't mean he's not going to. And I've been in, in, in rooms in a hospital where uh, the parents didn't believe, and it was a completely different perspective and a completely different outcome. And so, you know, and there's nothing special about m- myself or Joyce or John other than we held on to God's promises and we just said, you know what, we're not letting this boy die. We are going to do our best and we're going to take the authority that God's given us to stand on the truth that he's promised and, and walk in that and see God do an incredible miracle. And it's God's not a respecter of person, so that means he can do it for anybody that's in need of one. And so with that, I encourage people, believe for the impossible. You know, I think the other question that we hear is, you know, what if John would have died? Would have he had the same faith? And Joyce and I talked about that a lot because we believe that God heals, whether it's here on earth or it's standing in his presence. And, you know, if God chooses to take somebody home and they're standing in his presence, that doesn't mean the healing is any less. I mean, the last time I checked, Lazarus uh, isn't still alive. I mean, we're all going to die, whether, you know, and a, a miracle here is temporary. And so, you know, for people that have lost loved ones and they prayed and they believed, God still healed that loved one. It's just a different perspective than what we were hoping for. So don't lose faith and don't lose hope and trust and belief, no matter what the situation and the outcome is. One of the things I noticed and I've seen in a lot of these different interviews I've done, first of all, never stop praying. You just got to keep praying. And then the other thing about keeping the negative words out of the, out of the rooms. I mean, all the ones that I've yep. seen have been raised from the dead. They've said the same thing. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I mean, I, I, there, there are cases where they had to kick the pastor out of the room because the pastor was the one that was speaking the negative. Uh, you know, exactly but, right. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but the Word of God says life and, and death are in the power of the tongue. And people don't yep. realize how true that is. I was telling my wife I had a, a dream the other day and uh, just stuff being spoken over the baby, why it's still in the mother, can cause yeah. all kinds of, of problems. And people, they don't realize what they're doing with their tongue. Right. We've lost the idea of the power of our words. You know, you can see that even on Facebook and, you know, throughout our society, people have lost the concept of how much, word, how much power our words really have. And, you know, I think that, that the, you know, God spoke and the whole world came into existence. And, and I think we have that same, kind of, uh, that same kind of authority that he's given us is we can speak life and, you know, see him do incredible things. There are power in our words. And no wonder there's people that speak death over their life all the time, and that's what they get. The outcome is death. And, you know, one of the things, the other things I always encourage people is don't go by what you see, go by what you know. Exactly. Because what you can see, what you see is not exactly what, I mean, it may not line up to God's promises. That's where you have to go with what you know and what he's promised. We don't understand why God will heal somebody and not heal another or what, you know, or a good, good example. You know, my oldest brother, him and his wife, I mean, they are churchgoers. They believe in God, you know, everything. And, and their uh, seventh son died. And, uh, and, you know, he, he was not raised. But yet my wife yeah. gets called, you know, God tells her to go and, and raise these three kids from the dead, and she goes and raises three kids from the dead. What, what's, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, we don't know. That's, that's uh, 
you know, that's up to God. You know, all we know is, right. is do what he says, and, uh, you know, it, we'll find out, I guess, one day when we stand before him. But that seventh son was healed. He went to heaven and, and got a new body and a new, you know, I mean, like, heaven isn't such a bad place. And so oh, I no, always encourage no. people, you know, if, if, you're, if a loved one goes home, they would probably never want to come back. They'd be like, don't be praying me back. I want to stay in heaven, you know. I mean, and the beautiful thing is God promises to walk beside us when we walk through times like that here on earth when we lose a loved one, you know. And, but I think it's as much of a miracle as even, you know, what John experienced. We got to see it here, but heaven's where we're all headed if you know the Lord, and it's a great place, I think. You know, I, I think I asked you this question last time, Joyce, and I read it in your book. Um, where, you know, many people have asked you what John saw or what he remembers and everything while he was dead. But then at the beginning of your book this time, you know, because before I I didn't get to read your book, it hadn't been released yet. Um, You said that you prayed at the beginning that John would not remember any of this. So God answered your prayer. Yes. Yes, because it was such a horrific thing that he wanted to, we did not want him to remember any of that, you know, that, that those memories would be gone. And to me, that's a healing in itself, that you don't have those kind of nightmares to, to deal with the rest of your life. And, you know, we've come to the conclusion that it's not just about one person seeing Jesus, but it's about everyone who experiences it being encountered and touched by the Lord. Everyone who reads the book, everyone who, I mean, everyone gets to experience it. It's not just one person, you know, and all that's great. I mean, the, the one person going to heaven and seeing Jesus, but this was a different story. It was a different kind of story that Jesus wanted to use to touch everybody that reads it. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I would much rather hear, you know, uh, you don't know my story, but, you know, my story was, was not going to heaven. And, uh, and I, matter of fact, I have quite a few people that I, I have done. I just did, just did a show with three different guys that had died and gone to hell. And, uh, mm. you, you know, uh, Dr. Isaiah Reed said on there, he said, if you don't know God, don't die. And right. he's, exactly, <laughs> he's exactly right. I mean, he really is. Yep. But because of his autopsy scar, um, millions have come to Christ. So, yep. you know, whatever the situation is, if you just trust in God, he's going to use. And, and uh, I, I mean, I already see this whole thing being used, but I imagine, too, when the movie comes out, what an impact it's going to have. Well, you that's know, our prayer. You know, the God, you know, again, we didn't go looking for any of this. This has been God's hand all the way through it and we just know he has a, a greater purpose you know for for all that he's going to do with this yeah like i was telling you right before the show started too we're in a generation where they have grown up watching er and watching all these shows and stuff and so uh the book is awesome it really is because i work in the Thank medical you. field and it goes through enough stuff i wasn't even sure if, if you had you know, because you start using uh, words like bear huggers and things like that. If, if you had learned that when you were there or if you had been a previous, you know, uh, had been a nurse or, you know, um, because you don't Our usually hear that. Our education came on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Our, 
Yeah, it was an that was a cram session. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of figured that as I got you know got through the book or whatever. But what's really what's really nice about the book too is uh, it's very fast paced. It's not boring, and it keeps going from here to there. And then also, you know, you really put your true emotions in there, uh, especially when you were really pissed at the nurse and stuff like that. I mean, but yeah, but you know what? That's true life. I, I don't want to hear this, you know, oh, yeah, everything was just fine. Everybody's great. Because I know it's not true. I, you know, I cover right. all of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and part of Mississippi in the hospitals. And I, believe me, we have our faults in every single hospital. But we're working to make it better. Uh, I did like, there was something I heard you say about the doctor came in. Oh, about the sleep. You know, uh, we, we need to give him some drugs to get him to sleep. Well, why don't you just leave him alone for five minutes so he can get some rest? Yeah. And uh, right. I mean, that is the truth. <laughs> uh-huh. That is the truth. That was, I was so irritated that morning. You know, they were talking about, you know, he was so jittery and everything. And I said, well, that's because he hasn't slept because every time he goes to sleep, you guys come in here and wake him up. A mama bear was raising up in me. It's leaving him alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then also uh, what happened with you with the blood sugar, you know, in the middle yes. of all this, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, it's going to be a great movie. I, You know, well, I really you. look forward, yep. forward to the movie, too. But, uh, you know, right now they definitely need to go out there and, and get the book. I've already texted a couple of people and told them, hey, you need to go read this now because they're, they're some of the wow. ones that always send me people and say, hey, you need to interview this person. It's amazing how many medical professionals have gotten saved in this the story, you know, and in the process of people that were in the ER and people that were just around that were medical professionals. I think that is a real testimony and testament of what God's done. You know, I mean, nurses getting saved. You know, nurses handing us a list to pray for every morning. The doctor saying, hey, we're going to get out of your way because what you're doing is working a lot better than what we're doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just saw the power of God on display. It was such a great thing. One of the things I thought today is, you know, maybe some ministry will hear this show or hear one of the other interviews and decide, hey, I want to put those books in every single hospital, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and pick up, yeah, buy some of the books and start putting them in the hospitals because these people need hope, you know. Uh, I told my wife that there's a, there's a lady um, that we know very well, and her son is cancer-free now. But Thank I God. said, I said, she needs to read the book. And my wife said, well, why? I mean, her son's, are, I said, because she just went through all that. And and when it's yep. it's a familiar thing, it just raises your spirit. You know, it, right. it gives you more gives you more hope. And uh, I love the way that at the high school, all the kids that that got saved at the high school. You know, yeah. and a lot of that had because they were watching all this and and realizing. I mean, you you don't realize that hey, tomorrow may be your last day. You know, tonight may be your last day. You don't realize that exactly. Yeah, you, know. you know. And that I think I think that was one of the things that kind of helped those kids. You know, a lot of kids think they're bulletproof. You know, they're too young to die, and I think that it just brought a reality home to those kids. And then 
you know, a lot of those kids were down there the first night and they didn't think John was going to make it through the night. And then when he did, it, it was such a, it was such an experience for them, but probably something they'll never ever experience again in their life, you know. But, you know, at that age, we are bulletproof, though, right? <laughs> we think so. <laughs> the three boys thought uh, you know, they were. That, that's why, at that age, we did so well in war, because yes. we, we thought we could do anything. I mean, you know, I, you know now I look back on it and realize, man, we're stupid. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but at, that, at the time, it was like, hey, you know, uh, you just you think you, you can do anything and get away with it. And yeah. not the truth. But mm-hmm. uh, I do have to ask one question, though, because I know people are going to read this whole book and they're going to say to me, what kind of dog was Cuddles? <laughs> well, Cuddles has gone on to live with Jesus, <laughs> yep. but he, he was a uh, part German shepherd and part golden retriever. See, and he was my, John's sixth birthday present. We had a dog named Cuddles and it was a golden retriever too. And, and yeah. <laughs> our, our dog has gone on to be with Jesus too. But uh, that will be the question people are going to ask me, though. You know, <laughs> it's like all this other stuff, and they'll say, what's the dog? What kind of dog was it? She never said. <laughs> uh, we did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. He was a rescue puppy that we had. We didn't even think, we didn't know if we were going to have to eventually put him down because he'd been abused so badly. But we were able to love him through it, and he ended up being a good dog. And as I say, it was a very sad day. We put him down this year, and it was it was it was very sad. I I really enjoyed the part where you talked about going and adopting John, and and that that whole section of the book. Um, and and that's what also makes it really nice too, is because it it you know it's kind of broke up, so it doesn't just keep going in one one topic the whole time and it, you know, shifts around. And I, I think my wife told you before that we live in an area where very, very high adoption here. And so, uh, yeah. you know, because we're, we're surrounded by mercy ships, uh, youth with a mission, teen mania, Dallas home, David Wilkerson is, you know, all, all these people are right here in this area are, you know, the ones that are still alive. And, uh, you know, Keith Green, his whole ministry was here, Father Heart, and and uh, so we have a very high adoption rate, and that's one thing that they always, you know, love to read about or hear about, and uh, so it's great. Well, is there anything you really want to share? I think just you know, as this people read this book, you know, the the thing that they take away from it is that you know, as kind of you mentioned before and Jason has talked about tonight, is don't let your circumstances break your faith down. Don't don't let what's going around you tear your faith down. But just hang on to what God's promises are, and that, that there's always hope, that God always has the final word in, in anything, and to just cling to his promises, because that's why they were given to us, but, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't inspire the Bible to be written for us to, you know, leave it to collect dust on our, our nightstands or our, our desk. It was given to us so that we know God's promises, we know who He is, and know His character. And to just 
come away with that, seeing God's character throughout that book. And when the movie comes out, you know, that, that there is a God out there that loves us and is waiting for us to respond to him and that, and that he cares enough for us to raise our children from the dead. That sounds like an easy thing to do on a phone, like, phone call like tonight. But I can tell you there was many days it wasn't very easy. And right. You had to just grit and just go, listen, this is where we're standing. We are standing right. on these promises. And so, it, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, from this phone call it was easy and it was, I mean, there was many, many hours of holding the right. line and many days of holding the line. And I would say that that's where, that's where the battle is won, you know. It is. The, we, get to, we get to look at it from hindsight now, but the battle, it was intense. Yes. But it was a battle for John's, John's life. And, you know, what we're talking about, it may not be easy, but there will be results to hold the line, and God will, God will show up. I was a missionary in Africa, and on page yep. 120 and 121, you talk about the chaplain coming in with some kind of weird beliefs, doing some chanting over him, and he just went wild. Yep. Yes. You know, and I've always heard, be very careful who you let pray for you. You know, yes. and, uh, yeah, so I, when I saw that, that was immediately what came to my mind. Be careful who you let pray for you because, you, you know, you want to make sure that they're in the same, same belief, basically. I think that the, the takeaway is what happens in the supernatural dictates what's going to happen in the natural, not the other way around. And Correct. so many times we try to deal with the natural because that's what we can put our hands around and we think we can try to maybe fix it. But really, we have to remember the battle is one of the supernatural. And the enemy is playing for keeps. I mean, we were just over in Africa a couple weeks ago in Kenya and saw the same kind of stuff. In America, we, we, don't, really, uh, we don't really understand spiritual warfare as well. And I think that's something you have to really grasp in a situation like this is it's a battle. And what's happening in the supernatural is going to dictate what happens in the natural. You can't forget that. So you have to fight it with the tools God's given us, prayer and Bible reading and putting on the armor and battle it. How about, Pastor uh, Jason, how about we let you do a little prayer over the audience? You know, I really feel like they need to go out and get this book, and I don't want to give away too much. And like I said, if they'll go back and listen to episode. 69, we say a lot more in there, too, but, you know, about the book. So let's pray. Let's do that. Lord, we come to you tonight, and we thank you that you are the God of the impossible. And, Lord, what we read about in Scripture, that's still who you are today, God. And, Lord, I pray, God, for any of the audience members, Lord, who are needing a miracle, God, I thank you that you can do the impossible. Lord, I thank you that your word says that you are a healer, that by your stripes we're healed. And, God, I just pray that you would increase the, the belief God, you'd increase people's faith, God, in all of your promises. Lord, I pray, God, that, that people would just get a determination to stand, God, on your promises, Lord, no matter what they're facing, no matter what kind of a miracle they're needing in their life, Lord. And, God, I just pray you'd be with people, that you wrap your arms of love around them tonight, God, or today, whenever they're listening to this episode. God, I pray that people would just literally feel your presence, God, that would come to the end of their room and into their cars, Lord, and into uh, wherever they're listening to this episode. God, I thank you, Lord, that there are going to be great reports coming back, God, of people who have been healed, people whose lives have been transformed. 
Uh, God, thank you for it. God, I just pray that you would be with everyone that's listening. Uh, God, just bless them tonight in your name. Amen. Well, Joyce, I want to thank you for coming back on. Not a problem. uh, It's our pleasure. And I want to thank you, Pastor Jason. And I I also want to to say that it is a blessing that she has a pastor that believes in healing and believes like you do. Um, Because I, I know that you know, there's a lot of places that I go and I talk to and, and they say, we don't even believe in healing, you know, and it's time for a lot of that to turn around and change. You know, we, we've got to get back to our roots. I mean, all these, you know, the Methodist church came out of healing. The, uh, you know, all these different churches came out of a, a healing, you know, belief. And now that's, I mean, even the colleges, all the major universities, they were all founded in God. They all believed in healing. They all, and it's all changed. So it's, it's time to take back the territory. Amen. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Right.